Welcome to Stanford Innovation Lab. I'm Tina Seelig, Professor of the Practice in the Department of Management Science and Engineering at Stanford University. This podcast is designed to give you a taste of the topics we explore in our classes on innovation and entrepreneurship. Hello, and welcome to the second episode on brainstorming with Emily Ma. Emily Ma is incredibly creative. I've known her for many years, way back to when she was a student in the Mayfield Fellows Program. Now she works at Google X and is a lecturer at Stanford School of Business. If you missed the first episode on brainstorming, I encourage you to check it out. We covered a lot of the really basic principles that are really important to know. Today we'll discuss how to carefully frame the topic for your brainstorm in order to unearth insights and really interesting ideas. We'll discuss how to go from the exploration stage to the exploitation stage and how to move beyond incremental ideas. I really hope you enjoy this podcast. Here's Emily. I know that this is hard work. And I always like to compare brainstorming to chess, saying, you know, (laughs) you could tell me the rules of chess, but that doesn't make you a chess master. And the rules of brainstorming are similar. They're pretty straightforward. And yet actually mastering them takes many, many years. Uh, Do you agree with that? And do you, what would you recommend to somebody who wanted to master their brainstorming abilities? Mm. There's nothing like just doing it right you you can read lots of books about brainstorming you can you can ask lots of questions about how to ideate i over the years i've been very fortunate in that i've just had a lot of practice and and have been invited to brainstorms have invited others to brainstorms have joined in brainstorms with people who are experimenting with new methods and you know brainstorm is not hard to kind of get going like rally and get some of your friends together and you know it could be literally like designing you know or coming up with you know like your next birthday party or next get together there's a number of questions that i can ask along the way that basically reframe the same topic in multiple ways so that we can look at it through multiple lenses and get more and more ideas out of it. You said framing and reframing the problem. To me, that is one of the most powerful things about a brainstorming Mm -hmm. is the question you ask. If you ask the wrong question Uh or you don't question the question Uh you ask, Uh you're really missing an opportunity. I always love doing little exercises where you change one word in the prompt Uh and you end up seeing that by changing one word, you end up coming up with a completely different set of solutions. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you know, a, a, what I love doing is especially when we're designing, let's say, consumer-facing products. And actually, at the end of the day, any prompt has a user in it, right? So it involves serving another human being. And it, when we add an emotional element to it, that's the part that you can swap out and see what happens. So how do we make this experience of, you know, like drinking coffee as delightful as possible? And then you can twist that and say, how do you make this experience of drinking coffee as comforting as possible, right? If you take, if you add the emotion word to it, you can get all sorts of different perspectives just by putting the person who's brainstorming um, into a different frame of reference. So I can also reframe in a different way because I might ask, 
why are you drinking that coffee, right? And if I go, well, I drink the coffee because it um, helped me get going in the morning, then you go, oh, how might I solve that problem of, you know, waking up after, you know, after a short night's sleep? So do you ever do that too, where you ask why? One of the most important things before brainstorm even starts is actually to brainstorm the questions, right? So if I'm with a team and, and we haven't done as much prep beforehand, we might say, oh, this overall topic might be around um, retail banking, right? And then, hey, okay, so we've just been out in the field and we've seen these things in terms of how all people of all ages and all backgrounds use ATM machines. Okay, so like, what are some questions that are really exciting for us? What are some really interesting topics that we want to brainstorm around? And actually, there's this like pre-brainstorm of the brainstorm topics that we then vote on. And then we're excited collectively to then brainstorm on specific topics. So going back and asking the why or the what or like questioning the topic and really shaping the topic together actually um, enables a team to brainstorm even more effectively. So I always call that framestorming. In mm-hmm. fact, I require my students <laughs> love it. to framestorm before they brainstorm. Oh, I love it. I'm stealing that one. <laughs> <laughs> and it's super important because, yeah. you know, one of the simple examples I use is if I say, let's brainstorm about the best birthday party versus the best birthday celebration or the best way to mark a birthday, you end up with, you know, different sets of solutions. So I love the fact that you do that as well. And and of course, that's really critical for setting the stage. So this leads to a really, really important question. And I think where most people fall down is what happens when you've then generated the ideas? How do you go from that exploration stage to the exploitation stage? How do you decide which of the ideas and even more important, who gets to decide? Oh, fantastic. So uh, yes. So Part of being able to tell someone, by the way, you, you we, we want to separate creativity from you know, sort of the analytical part of it, right? People accept that, but I say, okay, well, just hold on, right? You got 45 minutes to be creative, right? You will get to the judgment. I promise you'll get to judge all you want, right? You know, all those bad ideas on the wall, there'll be a point in time during the brainstorm where you could tear everything off the wall if you don't like it, right? Mr. CEO or you know, whoever it is who's particularly possibly judgmental or Mrs. CEO, CEO, depending on who it is, right? So you'll get your time to judge, I promise. You'll get to do all the things that you wanted to do, but just hold on, right? I promise you. So um, that that seems to alleviate some of the stress that people can't express their real opinions about ideas early on. So at the end of the day, um, for me, what's most important in an idea and good ideas is not necessarily the, the fundamental, like, the quality of the idea, but whether or not there's a team to then move forward with it. Ideas in and of themselves, cheap, you know, you know, a dozen for 10 cents, right? Um, the, 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 in, in your invention cycle, which is really, really important, right? It's not just about imagination and creativity. You got to take it forward, right? Somebody's got to take it forward. You got to innovate and turn into business and be entrepreneurial, right? So what I value the most is actually having the team that needs to then execute on solving the problem using certain solutions, that team, every individual on that team gets an individual vote, right? I actually don't care about the people who aren't going to be implementing necessarily, though I would give them a vote to you if they were part of the brainstorm. But I really care about that team that's going to move forward with it. So everyone gets a vote. But and- do you find, though, that people end up sort of um, – 
sliding back to the incremental ideas because they pick the ones that are going to be easy to implement. I mean, I've seen this with my students all the time. They might brainstorm a zillion ideas, but then when they have to actually create some sort of prototype or pretotype and test it, they pick the ones that are easy to do, even though they don't pick the one that might be the most exciting. We try to go through a selection process where we give people certain criteria. So, you know, yes, people will absolutely choose what's the most you know, easiest sort of thing to prototype, but that's that's you know we call that the green dot, right? That's like you know like green light, you know you run with this, right? But sometimes you know we also want to look at ideas that are the most breakthrough. Maybe it'll take us five years, and you know we have to solve for teleportation to get there. But like you know we we want those to be recognized. We want to recognize the boldness, right? In 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 some of the crazy ideas, and then the third thing is. You know, that's the blue dot, right? So blue sky, we think about that as blue sky. Um, and then the, the third color dot is is a yellow dot. And we think of that as a happy face, right? So, you know, what would delight the user, even if it's impossible to do, or even if it's, um, you know, like not easy to implement, you know, in the next year, two years, however long, right? We know that if we were able to provide this to the user, it will make them smile, right? And so not all of these things necessarily... Um, so come together, but you might end up with, you know, an idea with a yellow dot and a green dot on it, right? I value that, right? Or you might end up with one person putting a blue dot and a green dot on it. You're like, okay, so one person thinks it's like going to be really hard, blue sky. Another person thinks it's like really easy to implement. Let's have a conversation around that. Let's find out why these two people have differing opinions. Thanks so much, Emily. Next week, we'll discuss the importance of deferring judgment while generating ideas, as well as what to do at the end of a brainstorm. And two weeks from now, we're going to release our listener challenge. I'm really looking forward to seeing all of your ideas. This podcast is brought to you by Stanford eCorner and the Stanford Technology Ventures Program the Entrepreneurship Center at Stanford School of Engineering. Stanford Innovation Lab is produced and edited by Eli Shell. Our digital solutions manager is Sarah Kahn, with software development by Davor Senkovich. Our designer is Daniel Stussi, and communications and marketing are led by Mike Pena and Monica Yort. You can find additional podcasts, videos, and articles at ecorner.stanford.edu. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on both this podcast and our ETL series. So please follow us on Twitter and eCorner. And if you're a fan of the series, please leave a review on iTunes. Finally, remember, entrepreneurs do much more than imaginable with much less than seems possible.